And I would say some best practices for mentees, you know, if you're fortunate to get a good mentor, I've got three B's. Be prepared for every meeting and call that you have. Be on time. Be grateful. Show appreciation to your mentor. A simple thank you goes a long way. Thank you. This has been so helpful. I'm so Welcome to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we give you unparalleled access to the University of Indianapolis Sport Management Program, which is located within the amateur sports capital of the world. Through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors, listeners will gain information that can't be received by visiting a website or even touring a campus. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all things sport management. I am your host, Cody McCullough. So in today's episode, we are focusing on all aspects of mentorship, uh, how to find a good mentor, best practices for communication, and things like that. Joining us to share her insight is Diane Dickman. She just recently retired from her 24-year career with the NCAA as the Managing Director of D1 Governance. Uh, Prior to that, she was the Senior Women's Administrator at the University of Tulsa. So we appreciate her taking time out of her schedule to come do this episode with us. Um, For those that maybe aren't aware, in our graduate program, students are required to have a mentor, and Diane has served as so for students in the past. So we are excited to have her on and explore this important topic in more detail. We like to start off every episode just with a fun question to break the ice. So I'm curious, what is the most recent book you read and would you recommend it? Well, Cody, first of all, thank you for having me. It's really a privilege and I have enjoyed my uh, opportunities to mentor you indie students in the past. So I think it's a really tremendous aspect of the UND graduate program. Uh, certainly not all universities do do this mentorship element and I think it's it's really fantastic. So um, thank you for having me. The, the most recent book I've read is a book called The Monk Within by Beverly Lenzetta. It's a spiritual book. I've really enjoyed it uh, and I can say I recommend it. Um, for those who might be interested in that sort of spiritual exploration, um, but certainly not a book for everybody. I guess that could be said about all books. I've never heard of that. Definitely look it up. So for our listeners, this show is targeted towards uh, prospective students, whether it be undergraduate or people looking to go back to grad school. Uh, So this mentor topic might be a new ground for some younger listeners. So could you maybe explain like what a mentor a mentee relationship entails and like what the ultimate goal is in that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to sort of understand that groundwork um, when starting a mentor mentee relationship. You know, the purpose of mentorship is to really help the mentee to maximize their potential, to introduce the mentee to new ways of thinking, new ideas, 
life lessons, um, sometimes even to challenge the mentee's assumptions about the workplace or their work experiences. You know, really it's to help the mentee grow and learn. Um, I've often thought of the as a mentor, there are kind of three key roles. There's the result I would say as a consultant really you know you're the as the mentor you're the person the mentee can ask questions to without fear it's a stupid question or without you know um, being concerned about what the reaction to a question might be uh, in that consultant role the the mentor can provide you know the unwritten rules in, in any workspace and even in the college setting there are the written rules and then there are the unwritten rules and I think a mentor can really help with the unwritten rules I think another key role for a mentor is they can be a support and an encouragement um, and sometimes that that's exactly what the mentee needs is just that support and encouragement to to stay the stay the course and then of course a mentor is an advisor and an expert right they're further along in the career they've navigated a lot of roads a lot of speed bumps that the mentee maybe is uh, just encountering and can help be kind of that expert advisor um, in, in those situations so I know this wasn't on that bullet point that I had but you just uh, I wrote it down you said like they challenge assumptions that the mentee might have about the workplace um, in those interactions or conversations do you think too that the the mentor can learn something from the mentee like different perspectives oh absolutely and I think that's one of the real treasures of the mentor-mentee relationship is it's it's not just a one-way street of the mentor helping teach, lead, guide, or advise the mentee, but it can go both ways. And I think mentees need to understand that they have something to give. Um, they may not have all the workplace experience, but um, you know that they have a lot to give and it is a two-way street and and certainly the mentor is more likely the one who's you know providing guidance and, and expertise but it it's not it's not a one-way street that's a great point Cody so I was lucky enough um, like when we had to have the official mentor for our assignment that it was someone that I had actually found a few years earlier uh, just by happenstance, like we were at a, a basketball camp or tournament at the same time, ran into each other. For someone that maybe doesn't just have that, you know, that run into moment, how how do you go about finding the right mentor and what are the best practices for approaching them and asking them? Yeah, that that's a, a really key question. Um, and, and let me just, um, provide a couple of, of opportunities for how maybe to find a mentor. I, I think first of all, you know, you already mentioned the UND um, program. So, you know, the obvious answer there is, you know, your professors uh, may have ideas and thoughts um, through your graduate program. So that seems like the an obvious answer. But, 
you know, you raised what I think is important, and that is that as a mentee, whether you're doing an internship, whether you're volunteering um, in some kind of event or program, that you're um, making those connections with people who may already be in the community working, who may be running an event, who may be um, there, um, maybe in a class, an expert has been brought in, that you're looking for those opportunities, those people that you that you connect with that seem to have the kinds of backgrounds that are of interest to you um, and that you're you're thinking about this as you're going through your day-to-day um, -day activities, your volunteering, your your other classroom experiences so that you're um, you're looking to identify potential men mentors and then I think the key is you have to be bold and sort of take initiative to ask people. And, and I would just say this about asking people to be your mentor. First of all, people want to help other people. I mean, it, we, we sometimes are afraid to ask people to help us, but for the most part, people want to help other people. And I would say when you make the ask of someone to mentor you, be clear about what, what you hope to get what you're asking of them, what you're wanting from the mentor-mentee relationship, and so that you're sort of setting those ground rules, if you will, sorry, um, um, and so that, that they know what it is that you're looking for and you're clear. But I would just say, don't be afraid to, to be bold in, in asking. Um, and it's possible someone will say, you know, gosh, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this right now. I've got these other commitments. You know, then you can say to them, is there someone else you might recommend? So even sometimes if a, if a potential mentor says, you know, no, gosh, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do this. The next question can be, well, is there someone you know who you could recommend? Because, you know, maybe this person's in the field you're interested in. And then they may say, oh, I've got this great colleague who might be interested. Um, so that's, you know, that's just some things I'd say about finding a, a, a mentor. With uh, having a mentor, a large part of that is, you know, staying in contact with them and uh, keeping the discussion going. So, cause I know like in our programs, uh, like the mentor contract we had, it was like, how often are you guys gonna speak? And, um, and via what, is it gonna be like in-person email? Um, so I'm just curious, like, did you have a preference with yours? Like how often you guys stayed in touch and by what means? I'm sure it was, it's been different lately because of COVID. Yeah, so um, I, I think it's important early on in the mentor-mentee relationship to kind of establish those um, sort of protocols or desires about how often you're gonna meet. Um, this last year, because of COVID, honestly, all of my um, uh, conversations with my mentee this last year were by phone. Um, we never actually met in person because of, of COVID. She's now found a job and is, you know, off and launching in her full-time athletics career. But, um, you know, we're still in touch. And I, I would say, you know, early in the relationship, you might have conversations once a month or every six weeks. It might then become every eight weeks. Part of that is that the mentee needs to be prepared for every encounter. 
And so if you meet too frequently, you, you don't have questions, you don't even know, you know, what, what's, what are we going to talk about? Um, and so it seems to me like somewhere between a month and, and eight weeks, having some kind of touch base is a pretty good time frame to keep the relationship um, g going. So you have well over two decades of experience within the NCAA. From your professional experience, what would you say are some mistakes that young professionals make early on in the mentor process or experience? Yeah, and I, you know, I've been very fortunate, Cody, in my career to have mentored um, quite, a, quite a few people and amazing, amazing um, people who've gone on to do incredible things in their, in their work life. I think mistakes that mentees make is not understanding the role of a mentor. And let me give you a couple examples. Um, a mentor is not a job placement service. I think a lot of uh, younger people think that the mentee is going to find me a job and that's the whole focus and that's what this is all about. That is not what this is about. Um, it may provide contacts and expertise and advice that help you eventually land a job or the job that you want, but the mentor is not a job placement service. Um, they can help you make connections, they can help you hone your interview skills, they can give you good advice and expertise, but it's not their role to find you a job. Um, mentees also need to understand that the mentor is not a, not a therapist. They're not a counselor in that way. This is a professional relationship. Um, and so it, it's not a therapy session. You're not going to download all your deepest, darkest um, problems. Um, and, and, I, and I say that to also say, um, I think sometimes mentees miss the point. The real crux of mentorship and the mentee-mentee relationship is that it's relational. You're developing a relationship with this person in a, in a field that you're interested in that can be a lifelong contact, that can be a, this, this relationship, sometimes mentor-mentoring relationships are short, they may only last a year or nine months, but often they last an entire lifetime. Uh, and, those, and those relationships morph over time and, and they become more collegial um, and maybe less mentor-mentee as time passes. But these relationships are about contacts and connections and they're relational. They're not transactional. You're not just, oh, I want a mentor so I can get a job. And I would say some best practices for mentees, you know, if you're fortunate to get a good mentor, I, I've got three B's. Be prepared for every meeting and call that you have. Have some questions ready or topics, areas that, that you want to discuss, that you want to glean expertise and information from your mentor. So be prepared for every encounter. Be on time. And on time is late. You should always be at least a minute early. Um, and you should, in that being on time, initiate the calls, the FaceTimes, the Zooms, the in-person meetings. You should be the one who's setting up the Zoom meeting, setting up the 
the FaceTime, you're the one who calls in or whatever that looks like. I realize post-COVID will eventually be, you know, soon meeting in person again, etc. The third B is be grateful. Show appreciation to your mentor. A simple thank you goes a long way. Thank you. This has been so helpful. I'm so appreciative of your time. Value their time and be appreciative of it. And the fourth, and I've already said this, is be relational. I mean, this is about developing a relationship with your mentor that very well could last for, you know, many years to come. So your last B was be grateful. Uh, Something that Dr. Vansicle and the other professors at UND preach is the importance of, like, after making a contact with someone, not just sending like a thank you email but going to the extent of sending like a thank you card in the mail uh is that have do people still do that to you like have you did you have that done later in your career or no because i'm just thinking like some listeners might think oh like an email is the same as a piece of mail but like i think it's different if it's physical rather than just on a screen Yeah, you know, um, the art of the handwritten note card or uh, card or or letter is is sometimes a lost art in our social media, text, FaceTime society. I do think uh, a well-timed handwritten note goes really a long way and will help set you apart from others um, who have forever lost the art of the handwritten note, but I do think it it matters and it's meaningful. I certainly don't think after every time you meet with your mentor, you need to write a handwritten note every single time you talk to them, but certainly periodically, it's a really nice gesture and it goes a long way and it does set you apart. It's, it's, it's not unlike when you interview for a job it's one thing to send everyone an email that you've interviewed with because that happens quickly and they, they see that you're quick, but to write a handwritten note is um, something that will set you apart. So I do, I do think that that's good, uh, good advice you've gotten. So the last question that I have here is, um, what advice would you give to a student who wants to make the relationship Uh, with their mentor last beyond just the required class assignment because I think it would be easy with uh, graduate students many of them hold uh, full-time jobs uh, and they could just see this as a box they check I got the grade and move on to next semester Um, so what would be like your golden piece of advice for them to go beyond that and make it last beyond the due date yeah I I think this is really important addition to the conversation we've had about the the point of the mentor mentee relationship is this relational connection that you make with someone who's much further along in in their career than you are and so staying in touch with your mentor beyond the sort of timeline scope that the you know, might be required as part of the program is really important. And you're going to have to initiate that contact. And, you know, it might become less frequent after that first nine month experience. It might be quarterly, semi-annually that you're touching base. 
but you're going to have to initiate that most often as the mentee. Um, people do really want to help you and they do want to stay in touch. We all have busy lives, every one of us. But what you'll find is that as you um, have those experts in the field, as you get early in your career and then now you're in a full-time job and things are coming up in that workspace, those mentors can continue to help you after you've landed that first job in in sports and maybe when you're on your second or third job those people are still much further ahead in their career they still have advice and wisdom that you could glean even beyond that sort of entry-level job um, and so just touching base I mean put it on your calendar quarterly I'm gonna touch base with with my mentor I'm gonna send an email I'm gonna just give them a quick call or see if they can chat for 15 minutes. You'll be amazed how those will circle around because I'll tell you this about sports and it doesn't matter whether you're going to be in collegiate sports or professional sports or, or some other aspect of sports coaching, whatever it is, it's a small world and it's about the relationships and somebody knows somebody knows somebody and it's that whole you know, seven degrees of separation or whatever it is. But those relationships will matter. Um, and, and those mentor, your mentor will know other people and they'll know other people. And um, so it's a really important point, staying in touch. Well, that was the last of the questions. Thank you for uh, taking the time to do this with me. Happy to, Cody. Thank you so much. You've been terrific. I appreciate you coming on. Your audio actually sounded really good. I'm always hesitant sometimes. Some people's audio is like sketchy, but I don't know why yours sounds really good. Terrific. Cody, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.